Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Uh, this week is episode number 299, which is so crazy to me. Like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, dude, how in the world have you done 299 episodes of this podcast? Um, you know, it's it's been nearly six years of doing this weekly, and... And I'm just like, kind of, it's weird because I'm the one who's experienced doing 299 episodes, but I'm also like kind of blown away. But then I think about this week's guests who I'm like super duper excited for. Um, and I think about a saying that I've learned from them. And it's the idea that small steps taken consistently in the same direction lead to amazing results. And I feel like, since day one, that has kind of been one of the main driving forces behind behind this. Sometimes you just got to show up. Sometimes you just got to keep taking those small steps. You might not feel like you're making giant leaps and bounds uh, on the day to day. Um, but if you are taking those small steps, you'll eventually get there. And, you know, like as an ultra runner, that is something that is so obvious, right? As someone who, if you've ever like hiked a mountain or, you know, gone on a walk, that is not just a saying, like that is the thing that actually gets you there, the small steps. Um, and eventually you're there. So, uh, that is a huge idea. Uh, I definitely have learned so much from doing this show. And more specifically, I've learned so much in my life from the family I'm sitting down and talking with today. Uh, the Kittles, they've been on the podcast before. Um, I think it was probably about 12 or 13 years ago uh, when I met Bruce. Uh, we were coaching at Iowa City West together. Uh, I was the freshman lineman coach there, uh, and Bruce was um the varsity one and i just i looked up to him so much like almost instantaneously um from the perspective of like this 21 22 year old kid trying to figure out how to do this thing right and so i looked to bruce because he had a whole bunch of experience doing that um but i think what i found is i ended up looking up to him more just as a human being and just as a person uh i remember seeing how he'd interact with um, his kids. And I remember seeing just how he'd interact with young people. And I, I really looked up to him for that. He's very good at communication, very good at being genuine and, you know, truly caring for other people, uh, which I think definitely comes across anytime I talk to him, anytime I hear him speak. Uh, he's absolutely amazing. Um, so Bruce and Emma started their own podcast. It's called The Hidden Pearls, Bruce and his daughter. And one, I just look up, I'm like, dude, someday it would be awesome if my kids like liked me so much they wanted to start a, a podcast or like a project together. Um, so Hidden Pearls podcast, uh, it's, it's an amazing show. They're about to start season three um, of the show, which we talk about a little bit in here. And something I highly suggest is to go on their feed and check out the Mindful Mondays. Uh, 
where Bruce kind of gives a gives a talk um, and takes people through a meditation. Um, I I think they're all absolutely amazing and just some amazing concepts and amazing ideas that that they explore. And both of them, I mean, they're Emma's an amazing podcast host. during the season uh they have george on george is in the nfl he's one of the best tight ends in the whole entire league one of the best players in the whole entire league uh so they have george on they have different nfl guests on and then they always kind of have like a greater focus um whether that's a charity group whether that's what they did last year with with veterans which they talk about here or whether that's what they're about to do um, this episode's awesome. We talk about a whole bunch of different things. We talk about uh, the abundance mindset. Um, we talk about mindfulness and self-acceptance and all sorts of really fun, amazing concepts to just sit down and pick someone's brain about. So uh, I hope you all enjoy. Uh, this is episode number 299 of the Like a Bigfoot podcast with the great Emma and Bruce Kittle. You have a Bigfoot tattoo yet? I don't have a Bigfoot tattoo. No, I only have one tattoo. Forearm tat, man. <laughs> I know. I gotta step up my tattoo game. <laughs> I, I thought that would be cheesy if that was, you know. Ah, I'd be great. <laughs> we got a tattoo guy if you need one. You got what? We got a tattoo person if you need one. Oh, so, do you? In Santa Fe? Oh, yeah. Bruce and- has recently gotten like five different tattoos. <laughs> nice rolling (laughs) all right oh sorry no you go go all right all right ladies and gentlemen we are here today joined once again two of my favorite guests of all time uh for number 299 of the podcast so i'm psyched uh i'm sitting down with yeah thank you uh sitting down here with bruce and emma kittle um and i'm psyched to talk about you guys bruce i gotta ask the what the new tattoos. What kind of tattoos did you get? Why'd you get them? We'll start there. We're jumping right in. Okay, let's see. There has been no social media exposure, so this is the first peek at all of it. So uh, yeah, nice. I got off of uh, Instagram face about everything uh, a year ago, January. I bet you feel way better about life and the world. You know what? Like it was kind of the New Year's Eve thing, and then uh, I just you know that does that uh, you know your screen time and all that, and then it breaks it down. And I was looking at Instagram, and I'm like. Wow, I could read a book. You know what I mean? Or like, I just was like, and then I don't know, do I like it or don't I? And then like, and then honestly, with all the politics and all that shit, I just like, I'm off. So I didn't. Okay, so these are a pair of otters. So my uh, primary spirit animal is the otter. So land and water, playful, curious, and a lover of humanity. Although many who are listening may doubt that, but I do. Anyway, so I have my days. But anyway, so just a reminder. So love the otters. And um, they're kind of a pair for life kind of thing. So I uh, got my partner on there too. So. And when you're swimming, you break shells with a rock on your belly. Is that it? My belly could probably break some shells. Anyway, <laughs> anyway not because it's all ripped. Uh, and then let's see these two. two so that one, uh, Sanskrit for breathe. Got it in Vegas at like one in the morning. Yeah, I've always wanted to do that. And so we were in Vegas for the Pro Bowl stuff. And uh it was 1 a.m. And so I, we we just we freaking opened the thing up, found a tat shop that was open and strolled in and I showed it to her. That's and awesome. then this guy, uh, that's those are kind of 
anyway, it's a Greek, there's a lot of different interpretations for that. But anyway, it's a Greek symbol for power. But for me, it's a concentric circles, starting with the knowledge of the self, and then kind of your immediate tribe family, and then working out with friends and community, and then to the broader world, represents how we're all connected. And the dots to the center lift us to that higher power, whatever we might think that is, but connection to the universal energy. And the bird is the raven, and also with a partner who also mates for life. And so, but the raven is our contact in my world uh, between us and the spirit world. And so it's kind of, because uh, I think we're always living with kind of a veil and life creates opportunities for us to step through the veil and touch that reality, which is around us, but we are unable to see. And hopefully mindfulness and meditation allow us to do that in a more powerful way. So anyway. And so that's what? amazing. And if y'all listen to house music, um, this is kind of the bass nectar sign too. So really <laughs> I, I don't even know who that is. So. I was like, Dad, you're getting a bass nectar sign too? That's so crazy. He's like, no, that means something else. I'm like, <laughs> but anyway, that's okay too. If people want to roll with that, so whatever. But anyway, so that's my most recent. See, that's my, this is why I like having you guys on because I can ask one question and you already said stuff that I'm like, all right, that's, we're here. We're here. This is the best part ever. So that's amazing, man. I, yeah, that's, and you mentioned, uh, you know, opportunities, you know, uh, in, in that. And there's something you said, you wrote a blog a long time ago. We've talked about it before, but it's the idea of open windows and how for periods of life, windows are open and then they um, eventually close and you have to like understand the opportunities when they arise. And that's honestly, I've, I learned that by reading your, your uh, writing about it. And I've like thought about that so much ever since then. Yeah. And so, well, and that's still kind of a concept working on, well, it's a longer story, the open windows, but that as a, like just a life perspective, I think is really true. You know, the one thing I would add about that, cause you know, at that point, you know, George was just transitioning kind of from, you know, this part we opened out with, um, it really got me thinking cause George's career at Iowa got me thinking about my own. And in the midst of my Iowa career, I don't, I was not nearly as, you know I mean? It, you just kind of puts it along and trying to stay eligible or get, you know, get your degree and perform at the highest level you can and all that. And the days go by and next thing you know, five years are done, you know, and you're walking out the door and you're like, whoa. And then, you know, George had about two years left. I think we were in year three going into year four, but anyway, and it just really made me like reconnect with that whole idea and trying to ring his bell a little bit and say, hey, look, pay attention. These days are short, they're numbered. Uh, and it really got me thinking about all that. And, and really as life is, these moments come along, you have kids like you do, and, you know, they're there for a little while. And then the stages they go through, you think they're going to be around forever and they're not, you know what I mean? And they, they grow up, they get the junior high. As soon as they get their driver's license, you're kind of a second thought, you know, and from there on, it's kind of like, it's all it is, is a process of letting go. You know, they get into high school, they get busier, they got friends, they got boyfriends, girlfriends, then it's college and then a different location and then it's whatever else. So anyway, so all of that. And I guess, you know, the one thing I would add though, is uh, I think we have a lot more control I wouldn't say control, but we have a lot more input into the windows that come our way. I'm not much about fate. You know, I think I believe in destiny and that we create our destiny and we claim our destiny. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the mental energy that we project. And you, we were talking before we got on about abundance, you know, and I think that's really true about in, envisioning and projecting and living at a frequency of abundance, of love, of joy. And I believe that life rises up to meet us at the level of the frequency and energy that we project. And so, you know, I think when I first started the open windows concept, it, it had a little bit more fatalistic attitude that these windows just kind of accidentally pop up. 
but I don't, I don't believe that anymore. I think a lot more that with the right mental energy and connections and networking and trust in the universe, that we have a lot of input into the windows that actually appear for us. So that's a whole nother show probably. But anyway, so open windows are there. And I think when we see those kind of things, you know, and I feel like that's exactly where we're at right now. So we are constantly trying to observe the windows. We're trying to always observe what energies we're projecting and, you know, what kind of windows that we're creating in our life, what people are we attracting to our lives and uh, trying to operate at the highest frequency and in a frequency of abundance. And then when those windows pop, try to be fearless and embrace it. And at the same time, recognizing who we are as individuals in the self uh, and then taking that self into the wildest, craziest opportunities that we can without fear and trusting that even though you step off the ledge, there is something there and it'll show up. But a lot of times you never see it until you leave the stance in which you've been standing in. So you got to go like that Indiana Jones movie, you know, with the, the last tomb, you know, he had to step off and it was there but you couldn't see it or find it. The leap of faith. Leap of faith, right. And you couldn't, and there's no way for to see it until you take the step. So anyway, I'm digressing. So I hope that, you know, that there's a little something to think about. Anyway, that's, we're thinking about that. That's amazing. So Emma, I have to ask this, like, so I wonder if that perspective comes along, like as you go through the world. And so if Bruce is sharing that with you, like what are your thoughts on that whole concept? Um, you know? You mean just like thoughts or like how is it kind of like Bruce's what's the word wizened is that the word like wizened and I don't know if I don't I don't want it to sound like that, that means oh pissed on me or what, what I don't know it's either you're a wizard or you got peed on there's one of the two things happening. I thought I I thought I read it once and then someone's like that just means old and I'm like shit I thought that meant wise but so I'm meaning it as wise and from experience <laughs> but I'm just wondering like uh do you think like, do you have the same thoughts on that, like open windows open or like bringing your own opportunities? Like, is that kind of your mindset as well? Yes. And I think, um, I mean, it's a lot easier on the back end to like, cause I've had really over the last probably six to eight months, I've had some really like coincidences um, that have really blown my mind and like foreshadowing of things that I had no idea were going to tie together. And then all of a sudden it was like this random book that I started reading because of this like really painful situation that I went through that ended up, I was just down in Peru and it was like, this book was like the perfect foreshadowing for this one shaman that I was sitting with. And it was like, you know, like in those moments, it's so crazy when everything starts to come together. And I think on the back end, it's so much easier to be like, oh yeah, like, I just took the step and believed in myself, you know, but in the moment I'm still like, what the, like I have day moments all the time where we're like, what the hell are we doing? Like, yeah, yeah. like I feel so lost. I feel like a ping pong ball and I feel like very confused in that sense. But what I have found and what helps me the most is the more aligned that I can live within taking care of my body. So through the things that I'm consuming from food, from liquid, from, you know, like really staying hydrated from the media that I'm consuming or like being really diligent about my meditation practice and really taking care of myself in that way, the more aligned that I can live, the more aligned I feel like I am with the universe. And then when those things happen, they don't seem so, yeah, exactly. It's like, they don't seem so random anymore. It seems like I'm in alignment and I was really clear on the things that I wanted and now they're coming through. But 
I mean, for it, I still catch myself in saying, I'm getting a lot better about not saying things like, oh, that's so crazy. You're like, what a coincidence. And now I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Like I asked for that, yeah, you know? And yeah. I think when you can own it, the more, more happens, you know, and it's just kind of having an open conversation with the universe and knowing that things are going to keep coming. Yeah. One, I think uh, part of that is just like self-understanding, like understanding yourself at a deeper level. And a lot of it is just like, you guys seem like very like curious people. Like you're curious about the world, you're curious about yourself. And I think that's like a huge trait in kind of finding that and then allowing those opportunities. Or like you said, Bruce, like Indiana Jones, like confidently taking that step just because you're like, I don't know where it's going, but I know me and I know I'm gonna be okay. You know, and my, oh, I have to share my life philosophy then. Another Spielberg movie. It's just Jurassic Park. Life will find a way, you know? No doubt. Yeah. And then my other one is Hold On To Your Butts, also from Jurassic Park. But <laughs> Okay. That's just a... like, buckle up. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, right. Enjoy the ride. It might be a little bumpy along the way, and there's going to be some speed humps and bumps and all that, and you're going to get knocked around. But, you know, if you're hanging on and going in the right direction, you know, it's, it is going to be okay. So, I really like the life will find a way one. I was listening ooh. to this Joe Rogan podcast and it was just, I mean, it's fun now because people can send clips on social media through that, but he was talking about how massive the galaxy really is and how like the black holes within black holes and universes and like, you really can't even conceptualize, conceptualize how big that is. Um, but in listening to those things or like the life will find a way thing, it reminds me how unimportant like little things on social media or like little things that I get so caught up in. And like, I'll own that. Like there are some days when I get like anxious about posting on social media and like so nervous. And, you know, I think that's the whole, another person I'm being influenced by about like how much we're sharing, but like, you know, we're in the podcasting business and that's what we do. Um, but when I just catch myself in those moments when I'm really nervous about things about, and whether or not it's social media, but it's like, we're so small and even just yeah. thinking about Jurassic park in general, like, <laughs> I mean, like there were dinosaurs here and now they're gone, you know? And it's like really in the span of everything, we're this tiny little blip on the radar. And while we feel so incredibly important, you know, I mean, I think I'm important, but at the same time, like I think that I feel very important, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, are these random fears that I'm having really going to matter tomorrow? You know? Yeah. And like, in that way, I love to remind myself about that because I think feeling really small also makes you feel really humble. And then you're like, well, I'm gonna do whatever I want. Yeah. Well, and that's what I actually had an interesting conversation last weekend with two of my friends about when you've seen, like they were mentioning like volcanoes, like they went to Hawaii and saw the volcano erupting. Another one was on a mountain and, you know, like the glacier was melting, avalanche was happening and things like that. And we just talked about how that like eliminates the ego because you're kind of like, and you guys know you've climbed mountains. You go into the mountain where you're like, I'm going to battle this mountain. I'm going to fight it out with this mountain and get to the top and conquer it. And then you witness something like that that is so powerful. And you're just like, this mountain, I'm not in a fight with, the mountain doesn't know I'm in a fight with it. The mountain yeah. just is the mountain, you know? And I think that's really good for like the human experience to have that. Yeah, mountains, they just tolerate us. It's, you know, we are, we are just a fly on the speck and, you know, it's like no big deal. It's like a horse with a fly on the butt and it just whips the tail and <laughs> it may or may not knock you off. All we do is we find balance 
with that. Hey, the Jurassic Park, though, when the scene with Jeff Goldberg and they're riding in the Jeep and he talks about chaos theory. Yeah. I mean, those two together about chaos theory, the unpredictability of it all and the illusion of any kind of control. I think it's such a great lesson, right? Because right when he's doing the drop on the wrist, you know, with her, then they stop and she jumps out of the car and he's like, just like that. Who would have predicted that the doctor would have got out of the car, you know? And then, <laughs> but in, then, then the bigger theme is, yeah, life finds a way, like it's not supposed to have. And, you know, we're supposed to genetically engineer this whole thing to happen this way. Yeah. But you've got these animals who are not supposed to have any opportunity to procreate, they do. Yeah. And next thing we know, we have all of these mutations and like, what the hell? So anyway, so that's a great example. And like, okay, so what are we doing? Like you said, buckle up you know, and let's roll. So well, it's all I mean, good. And we, just what we were talking about right before we got on this call, like there we're in New Mexico and there are three fires in a triangle around where we live. Yeah. And like, talk about feeling small and unimportant. You yeah. Know, yeah. Speaking of the glaciers melting and uh, yeah, climate change and all that, that's change. another one, but anyway, we can. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's, I, but I think like when you intentionally are putting yourself in an environment, like climbing a mountain, you can yeah. experience that. And I think it's good for your soul to experience that. And it's good for your ego, brings your ego down a bit, you know? Yep. Keeps you yeah, reality. And now you're in the mountains. So you're just climbing all sorts of New Mexico, New Mexico mountains now, right? Uh, well, we hike a lot, you know, we haven't like getting in the car and driving. We're trying to commit to taking kind of one day trip, at least every two weeks, you know, so we're out for the day up in there. Um, so there's, yeah, we're not very far from that. Like Tal is like an hour you know a little over nice. um and so right up there uh in the highest peak in new mexico is there it's about 13 5 i think so which I've, I've climbed that one time but i'm looking to do that shortly as long as the fires hold out and all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. so yeah a lot of national forest here and wildlife and all that kind of stuff so yeah it's very pretty very great that's awesome that's yeah. awesome yeah uh so i want to do kind of I want to talk about a couple of different things today. One, you guys work with really high level athletes um, through Thunderbird performance and you are focused a lot on the mind, which I love that. Um, and there was one kind of idea that I was trying to figure out in my own head, which is basically the idea of when you're working with high level athletes, they are striving per for perfection. They're trying to be as best they can, especially like they have to get the edge over the other athletes. And so you have to be perfect. Um, but also with a healthy mindset, you're balancing that self-acceptance, you know, like you're balancing the understanding, like failure is important in this process and I have to make mistakes. What, how do you guide athletes through that? That seems like a really weird, like minefield of perfectionism versus acceptance and all that stuff yeah <laughs> well so you know our stuff is all based on mindfulness there's a lot of different approaches out there for athletes hey wait is he close enough to the microphone oh yeah oh yeah okay <laughs> last, time we had, last time we had a little bit of beach bruce on the beach problem so oh, i was like was that a callback to last time bruce is not on a beach this time unfortunately we're a little bummed Okay. All right. Uh, so, you know, in the mindfulness world, so that whole thing is about, so I have working with athletes, I have something called four levels of the self, know thyself, heal thyself, be thyself, share thyself, you know, and so knowing the self and healing self kind of opens us up to that whole thing. So in the mindfulness world, we accept and realize that thoughts are just thoughts, emotions, just emotions. And then the idea is to be deliberate and intentional and stay present. 
So in that, so we work with athletes on what their higher purpose is, what, what is their real why, deepest why. And then we create vision and goals out of that. Then we develop process and action steps to get them to their goals. And then we work primarily on living all that out, but doing it so in a deliberate and intentional way, staying present in the very moment, which means practicing whatever they do. And yeah, so, yeah. so in that, so if they're doing that and we work with them on breath work and the yoga and all that kind of stuff. And so if I'm deliberate and intentional in my practice, so like going to practice every day, I have one or two things I know I'm going to work on. I'm going to focus on those, you know, nothing too, you know, sh shocking there. But you write like in the performance arena, like if you're in a big game under pressure situations and all that, you know, I think it's true with everything in life, you know, the stronger and more, you know, either, I don't want to call it resistance, but the more you grasp and reach and like struggle for something, the more clearly it seems like it's going to elude you. And yeah, so yeah. it's a, it is a real, it's a delicate balance about staying in that framework. And I think some of the most important things is, you know, we believe that, you know, your confidence is built on the things that you do every day, small steps, all taken consistently in the same direction, lead to amazing results. And so you earn confidence by the things that you do in your workouts. And so if you practice your meditation and your breath work and you do resets and you prepare and you do visualization work and you have your affirmations loaded and you're doing all that. And at the same time, you're doing your speed work and you're doing your lifting and you're doing your football skills or whatever sports you're in, you have that confidence. And so then when those moments arise, you know, you're not reaching or grasping. You're just living into becoming and actualizing that full person in which you are fully capable of being. And so that confidence takes over and there's not a nervousness, you know, I mean, there is, you always have a little bit of that, but I think the athletes that have really worked to that stage, you know, eventually they get so comfortable in that arena and they realize the windows and opportunities for reaching and performing at the highest level in that stage are so limited. It's just like another opportunity. And so when you can take that kind of pressure off that, you know, and you're just trying to be who you are and do so in, and I don't want to use Zen in kind of a, you know, kind of cliche kind of way, but there is a little bit of that. It's like a breath work. I know what I'm doing. I'm here. I'm confident. And now it's just a matter of releasing that energy in a way that you've practiced a thousand times. So you have mind memory, you have muscle memory, you have spirit memory because, and now, I don't want to take your people over the edge, but like, you know, in a take way, <laughs> well, like the spirit energy is, you know, we visualized it enough that we know that we've already played that game. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, you know, like we don't like count the end score and all that kind of stuff, but like, you know, confidently we have, you know, we have visualized what we feel like when we line up on fourth and one and have to score touchdown. You know, I know my feeling. I know what it smells like. I hear the voices across the line of scrimmage from me, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so nothing really surprises me. Nothing shocks me. I, I am just living out this reality that I've already lived through before and I've fully prepared for. Now, if you haven't prepared for it and you haven't done your mental prep and, you know, you're out of condition and you're not sure of the playbook. Yeah you know, you're going to shit some bricks and get your ass kicked probably. You know what I mean? And so I don't know what to say about that. You know what I mean? So it's all a package, you know, it really is. And so all those things, but I think that little difference, you know, there's a lot of people that work really hard. They prepare, they know that playbook, but when you add that mental layer, yeah. I just I think it helps them allow their body to release into doing what they've been preparing to do. And yeah. so, um, so it's, it's that real balance. And I think, you know, that at that real peak performance, those athletes, those performers, whatever, you know, when they prepare in that kind of way and they're very confident and they're ready to go, 
it's all it is is flipping that switch. You know, we've probably talked about alter egos and identities and all that kind of stuff. And so it's stepping into those identities and letting those identities just, and you're not really thinking. You're just, you're, you're living that moment out and your body's, you know, flow again is kind of a, you know, cliche kind of term, but there's a, there's a bit of that, you know, you're just kind of letting it go. You're in that moment. You let your mind do what your mind does. And, you know, in football, so you have 40 seconds in between each play. So you have to get the play, get back to the huddle, get a new play, flush whatever happened last time, whether it was good or bad, right? You know, you can't hang on to a good play and you can't let a bad play impact the next one. Get that new play, get up to the line of scrimmage, read the defense, get your alignment correct, communicate with your teammates, and then execute the next play. So there's not very much time for all that. And it, it really is a constant just kind of, it's like a computer just rolling you know, and the heart is going and all that kind of stuff. So, and there are moments in the game, I've come to believe that there's really, in a football game, there's like five plays that make the difference. Yeah. You know, there's drives and all that, but they're basically five, either good or bad plays for either team. And that's what dictates the game. And so it's just like staying in the moment and being ready to either make that play. Because you don't know when the play is going to happen. You don't know. You're, you're either playing corner and they're throwing that out and you either make that tackle and prevent a first down and the game's over or the guy jukes you and does an out and up and they throw a touchdown over your head and you lose the game in the last five. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but that's, you're always playing on that edge and you want to make you sure. You just freaked out any football player that was listening to this. They're like, Oh shit. That's, that's, but that's the love of the game though. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, when you're there and you're in the moment and you have that opportunity, you know, that's the beauty of it. And so every play, you know, has a chance either for a touchdown or a big defensive play or whatever. And so that's why we play. You know, yeah. and to to honor the game, the appreciate the you know the life and breath and energy of the game, and be a part of that. So when you walk on the field, you know, I mean, we we believe that's a sacred thing. And I don't mean that to diss anybody's religion or anything, but it's like the game has its own life, and we participate in that game as a mere participant, and we recognize the many spirits that have come before us and the many that will come after us, and we just want to honor the game in the way we prepare and play for the game. You should be the announcer, like for the 49ers when they come out, because that was awesome. <laughs> so anyway, so that's football mental prep. And, you know, yeah. just so it's all those kind of little things that we do to just try to get there. And yeah, what you're doing is open the gate and let the let the water flow. You know what that made me think of was uh, I don't know if you remember. I don't I don't know how much of the Olympics you guys watch or whatever, but this was probably like the not this Winter Olympics, but the one before uh chloe kim the snowboarder she uh had already won the gold medal like you know how they can go three times or whatever in half pipe she went in the second time and her score was so ridiculously good that they're like you you won you already won the gold medal and i just remember watching that and she went back up you know and i'm like she could literally just straight line it down the middle of the half pipe and win a gold medal like if she really wanted to but i was like this is going to be really interesting because we're about to see like the best in the world at what she does and we're going to see her with no pressure at all like no performance pressure whatsoever and i like watched it almost in tears it was absolutely perfect and you saw a person connecting in the way you just described where it's like she obviously had done this so many times and was so prepared for it and then had no mental like yeah. anxiety or stress. It was amazing. Yeah. When you, when you see that freedom in somebody, whatever it is, it could be a celloist, a pianoist, you know, whatever, a runner, endurance runner, whatever it is, 
when you see somebody in that state, you know, you can't really appreciate all the hours and time and everything they put into it. But when you see it, you know, it, you're like, wow. Yeah. That's, that's like, amazing. Art. it's like creates, you know, that's creation. It's, it is. And when you see somebody like that, it truly is an art form, you know, and it's a beautiful thing to see. That's amazing. That's so cool. Um, I want to hear real quick about, uh, Hidden Pearls, pot, your podcast. Um, I know you did season two. You've taken quite a long break at this point because it's been after the football season. Um, and you guys, well, I mean, without you, you don't have to share your plans for season three. We were joking about that before we recorded. Uh, <laughs> we're doing our strategic planning right now. So. <laughs> to kind of like give us a general idea, like when, when that starts up, like is there ways you're modifying it changing your format, you know, focusing on something different? Um, so season two, we got involved with a group called Merging Vets and Players. Um, and so MVP and their whole concept is bringing together former veteran or veterans and, uh, and then former professional athletes. So of any sort of athlete and Bruce actually, um, qualifies as a former athlete. So he's an MVP member now. Former, Cause I signed as a free agent with the Redskins after I got done at Iowa. So I was one and done though and cut by camp, but anyway, tell me what you did though with what? Bonus. Oh yeah. I bought a motorcycle. So I still have a t-shirt, but I sold the motorcycle after I got married. Wife didn't, Jenny didn't like it. So <laughs> wasn't very much. It was like two grand. So that was my big signing. I was a big time hitter there. Yeah. Sure. Got that motorcycle. Of course I got cut and that's you're the, the, well, commanders now uh, they won the Super Bowl that year. So it would have been a good year to make it. But anyway, oh. so anyway, go ahead. Not that we're hanging on. No. But um, so what the organization does is they bring uh, veterans and former players together and they really work through a lot of um, more still showing people that they have a community. So what happens when the uniform comes off and there's a lot of loss of identity and a lot of overlaps between veterans and former NFL players. And so um, a lot of it is movement base. And so they do a workout together and then they share in circle and it's pretty, it's a really incredible community that we feel really lucky to have tapped into. And so last season for season two, we had the, um, George and the other NFL athlete on, which was really fun. Cause this year we added in another component called Bruce always names our segments at the players, but this was a recovery round top. So obviously my favorite section, but it was really fun to go in and, um, really talk about, mental recovery but also physical and like different recommendations for people at different phases in their lives and kind of the transition of football um and then we would have on a veteran of mvp um so a member of mvp and then through that they would tell their story um you know as much as they wanted to go into it and kind of their journey out of the military into finding mvp um and just some of the struggles that they've gone through and so um, and then at the end of that, they would choose an organization that they felt very drawn to, or that it really helped them. And then we'd make a donation to them and MVP every week. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, a big theme of what I feel like we've focused on with MVP was it's okay to not be okay. Um, but that there's a lot of other people in that. And so you're fine just the way you are. Um, and so we actually had a really awesome opportunity around the pro bowl. We got hired to, um, do mindfulness and meditation with the NFLPA. And so they were doing all former players, 
um, could come in and do a free mental health, well, free mental health screening. But, and so there were all these different, we were in a hospital. And so there were all these different like sleep tests and psych tests and blood work and all these different things going on. And then we were the mental health experts. And so we were teaching mindfulness and meditation, which we didn't know we were going to be a required thing until the morning of, so we kind of rolled in there like, yeah, you're going to be like a side booth. And then all of a sudden they're like, so everyone's actually going to have to come and see you. And you're going to have to sign up on the papers and give them things to work on. And we're like, totally yeah this is where like but your your experience has led you to this point and you're like we got this it was well and the greatest part was i mean not the greatest but what it just i mean and i feel like we knew this but just what it like slapped us in the face was was how limited resources there are available and for people who like speak that language and understand what football players have gone through um you know and while we don't per se know exactly that we're in it with george and i feel like us being able to speak the language provides a lot more context and conversation and safety within those really vulnerable moments of, you know, cause a lot of people are like, I've never been mindful. And it's like, it's ref- We had one guy who was, um, well, I don't know how much detail I can give, but had just incredibly successful. And he was like, I've never been mindful in my life. And it's like, you know, like you showing up every day and focusing on your routine and being present in the moment like that's all mindfulness, you know, but now seeing how it's compounded on the back end of anxiety pretty much and never being able to relax and always feeling like rushing to the next thing and never being present in his life, you know, how can we slow things down in a really safe way that still honors he as a human and his spirit and the energy of that, who like everything that brought him to where he is. And so, um, what we decided to do was have a follow-up course. And so we actually just wrapped up a few weeks ago, um, but we did an MVP and NFLPA, um, introduction to meditation and mindfulness course, which Chris makes me very excited because I know we've been talking to you forever that we were going to release a course. And now we actually like have context and we're putting it into a framework. So that's a really big project that we're hoping to have ready to go by the football season. Um, so we're going back and editing and then, um, So the whole course will include, it'll probably be four different components. Um, but within each of that, we'll have a yoga practice, a meditation, um, a breathwork practice, journal prompts, um, and then some lectures from, well, me, Bruce and, uh, Rhonda McGee, who is, well, she's just the best. Um, she's a law professor and psychologist. Meditation. Uh, yeah, well, she um, she does everything. She's a genius. Well, yeah, she's a professor of law at the uh, University of San Francisco Law yeah. School, but she's kind of a race expert and all that kind of stuff. But she's interestingly, I know how much we've talked about restorative justice, but a, a lot of the mediation and circle work, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. she's taken a lot of those dialogue processes and then blended them into kind of race relations. So she just got done with a book which I have, I got a, two of them on my shelf here somewhere, but anyway, um, but it's kind of the inner, what's called the inner journey to racial justice, mm-hmm. but it's really a, it's a personal reflection. And then she's got some great guided meditations, but anyway, so she's been through like John Kabat-Zinn's, you know, uh, meditation center and all that. So very well-trained, but, but she, she brought, was on our course. Yeah. And she's she's, our, she was like, one of our co-instructors and she was great. So we had a really, we had a great turnout uh, with the players and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, go ahead and finish up. Well, yeah. So I think, our biggest goal with this next season is to, especially now that because hidden pearls wasn't supposed to be a podcast. It was supposed to be a like live events and um, that sort of thing. And then COVID locked us down. And that's when you got the phone call of Chris, how do we turn our idea into a podcast? (laughs) And 
So now we really want to be more conscious about um, doing face-to-face -face interactions and building our community and really going out. And Cause it's one thing to, so we always talk about like your time, your treasure and your talent and what you can donate. And so I feel like um, we've been trying to donate all of those with Hidden Pearls, um, but we really want to go and make those connections and visit a lot of the people who we got to interview in the first two seasons um, and the organizations and really do some on the ground work with them and whether, you know, and like show up and actually work at their organizations or donate time. Um, yeah. So, so keep your eyes open, everybody. We're going to be doing so cool. pop-ups. Um, and we have some merch now, finally, which we have to send you, uh, but we have some t-shirts oh. we're designing hats now, which are so cool. And I'm so excited to share those. Um, so we'll be bribing y'all with merchandise. So that's cool. Can I tell it? So my, uh, my wife, Lindsay was like, you should start the podcast because I have a, a George jersey. I wear it while I watch 49er games. And Lindsay for Christmas bought me a tight end university shirt. She's Aww. like, you should start the podcast in the George jersey and be like, oh, this is so embarrassing. And then take it off and then tight end <laughs> university. Um, so that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I wanted to hear. So speaking of like in-person events, uh, Emma, I know you uh, have done some like big yoga uh classes in like like i know you're at the broncos stadium doing that mm -hmm. and like what is that like how do you you know speaking of like just being prepared and being present in the moment and trying to battle the nerves like how do you handle that that was a really interesting experience because i didn't know that i was going to be doing the live teaching until the day up <laughs> that's kind of a like the routine that's the new normal which i have found and now that i've come to accept that it's not as overwhelming but I was literally like in I mean in the tunnel of to walk out on, I was we weren't like down on the field but like to walk down and like down the steps to go and get the microphone like doing these breathing exercises like praying like please don't let me mess up please. you know what I mean like I can do this um but yeah I mean it's just it's so and I keep saying this and like even with the fact that we so last year for tight end you we had two different yoga classes and it's like it's just recovery and mindfulness and yoga are not taboo anymore and they're really prioritized whereas you know in college I was begging I would show up with like breakfast and donuts and bribe George to let me do yoga with him because I wanted to work with athletes so bad and now it's like it's just a part of everything and it's so cool and so um yeah it's just it's awesome that it's more normal um I think it's still like the example of when I was at the Broncos, we were doing, um, it was for mental health and just how people don't understand that lifestyle practices, you know, such as what we eat, what we consume, how we sleep, um, you know, and even just taking a minute to breathe can really affect our mental health and how powerful breathwork practices can be. Um, and that's another thing that we really hope to start sharing more of with hidden pearls is releasing different breathwork practices or reinforcing that and kind of like shoving it down people's throats. Um, so that they <laughs> mindfully, <laughs> mindfully convincing people, um, to at least try it because it's made such a huge impact on all of our lives and yeah. just the simplicity and the access we have to it. Yeah. So you keep mentioning, and, um, I definitely want to go back to hear about tight end university. I'm like fascinated by that whole concept, but, uh, um, you keep mentioning like what you're consuming 
and how that plays on your mental health. And then to relate that to Bruce, you know, getting off social media, can you just talk about that? Like, I know it's a lesson I feel like we all know, which is like, hey, less time on the internet, you're probably going to, it's probably gonna increase happiness a bit. Um, But Bruce, can you just teach us how you felt about that and like how that's kind of helped? Uh, Well, let's see. I guess there's the whole, you know, being on the screen thing and before you go to bed, not and interrupting your sleep patterns and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, back in, you know, 220 after I had, thank you, after I had COVID and I ended up with long COVID, not super long, but I had a good hard six, seven months afterwards, uh, you know, and then all the po- politics and all that kind of stuff. And it just got, you know, between not feeling good and, you know, I've always had a really intimate relationship with my body. And I know that probably sounds weird, but like, I don't know that everybody does, but I think as an athlete, you know, we tend to, cause we lift, we're walking yeah. monitoring it. We're trying to be in top condition. We want to be fit and we learn how to listen to our body. And we also, I think to a strong degree, we express ourselves and we engage life in and through our bodies. You know what I mean? And I, and I don't mean to discount other people. I don't know, but you know, I've met people that don't seem to have that same identification. So the limitations that I felt, you know, I've had some over the years, I'm 63 now. So, you know, aging and all that kind of stuff, but for the most part, I've been really healthy. So COVID kind of hit and it, I really had some limitations for a while and it was really, you know, a struggle and a challenge. So, and then that with the politics and the divisiveness and all that kind of stuff. So it was just an easier, I mean, it was a mental sanity thing for me just yeah. to get, you know, so aside from the time I felt like I was wasting, I wasn't feeling very good. Uh, and I just didn't need to hear any more of the, you know, like, you know, we're two years out now and, you know, I certainly have my views on things, but I kind of recognize, you know, we all probably had some things that were correct. We all probably had some stuff that are not correct, you know, and like really what I'm focused on right now is how do we come together and build unity and face the issues that, you know, I mean, climate change is a real deal. What are we going to do about that? And there are still people, you know, racism is still a thing and yeah. you know, social justice issues and all that. And so, and you can have some disagreements about that, but I, I just think in the long run, we have a lot more in common than we have, that divides us. You know, we go to bed at night, we have families, we have kids, we want our kids to be okay, we want them to be safe. We want them to have health care, we want to feed them and that kind of stuff. And so I'm really working hard on and you know, and this was a process for me because like COVID, and I, I just really own this and anybody that's been around me, you know, I, I ended up calling my I had a personality I really didn't appreciate I called him Captain COVID. And, um, and really, I got it to it really, I was I found kind of I didn't intend to but kind of i don't want to demonize this too much but like i i had it and like when people would poo poo it and they weren't vaccinated and they didn't wear masks and people were still dying and i know people have all kinds of views on that but yeah, it was yeah. really hard to be anywhere and socialize in a way that was very positive so getting off social media took me away from all that i tried to do my own healing um and you know i've had covid twice now <laughs> i've had both vaccinations and my booster. And I'm kind of at a place, I, I just finally had to take that whole, like a backpack and set it down and let it go. Uh, so I feel okay. I had COVID again in December this year. We went to the Titans game. And the first time I went to a football game without all masks and all that shit, I got COVID. So that taught me that lesson. But anyway, uh, but you know, the great thing about that one, and I will say this, it was one of the best things that happened to me because um, it was like a three-day deal. You know, it was yeah, kind of like, yeah. a, like a cold and it was gone. And so it kind of took, cause I was afraid cause I had a lot of vision issues. I had really, really bad headaches. I had terrible joint pain. 
And I was really worried that if that happened again, it might be worse. So that did not happen to me. And I don't know if it's because the vaccine or what, but anyway, so off of social media and all that kind of stuff. And so since then I've set, been able to set that down and kind of just continue to practice my own mindfulness practice with meditation. Um, and, and just really trying to work hard about, well, what's my niche right now and let all that stuff go and focus, like I said, on the things that we have together and what can we build? And that's really where we're going with hidden pearls. I think, you know, talking about ways, how can we help heal and serve the world? You know, and that's yeah, really yeah. what we're trying to think about. Um, that's what the pop-ups are about, the courses, the mindfulness, the meditation. Um, and we're really privileged, I think, to be engaged with groups, you know, between, because we have an identification with athletes, so the NFLPA and the Players Coalition, those groups, and then the MVP with the veterans and that. And so it's a real natural niche for us in that way, you know, one of our, to our, our brother-in-law's, you know, two tours of all that kind of stuff and has been really impacted by it. So uh, we feel a great passion for that and are really privileged to do those things. So I guess, you know, not being on there, I don't feel like that. Emma takes care of that for me. And I feel like it's honestly something I feel kind of like guilty about handing all that stuff to her, but like, I just, you know, not a thing for me. So yeah, and I'm really yeah. committed now that I feel like we've lifted and I feel safe enough to go out. Uh, I'm really excited about the pop-ups and being places in person yeah. And people and doing those networking and all that. And learning to turn his phone on silent. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like, you know, when people are arguing on social media, I kind of feel like people are just throwing yeah. their opinion out into the great beyond. And I'm like, I don't know if you're really changing hearts and minds that way. But if you sit down, you have a face-to-face -face conversation with someone, you're bouncing ideas off, you're expanding. Like, I think I saw a Ted Ed video and it was basically like talking about why storytelling is so important and it's because i can tell a story and when i'm telling it i'm like planting the story in your head you're envisioning it with your interpretation and then you take it out into the world and i think that's super important to have those conversations for that reason yeah totally agree with that and so i kind of have the motif of um you know, being more of a lighthouse and just being clear about what I believe in and what I stand for and trying to do that in a way that doesn't blind others, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not too, right. Yeah. Uh, and then on the curiosity thing, I've really, really worked hard and I'm, I've got a long way to go, but like with people that I know I disagree with, I've tried to maintain an, uh, um, kind of a framework of what I call genuine curiosity and just like trying to understand, you know, where they're coming from and what they believe and why they believe it. And, you know, not, not trying to convince them, not trying to do anything except listen to them and just try to understand where they're coming from, you know, which I think, you know, and I end up learning things that maybe I didn't know, maybe there are things in their life that shape the way they were. And then I always remember there's a Robin Williams quote out of Goodwill Hunting, where he's sitting there talking to Matt Damon and he looks at him and he says, every person you meet is fighting a battle that you know nothing about. Yeah. And so, you know, I just like, I don't judge things. And, you know, in the Buddhist tradition, there are three concepts that have really helped. Um, nothing's permanent, um, nothing's perfect, and nothing's personal. You know, and everything changes and our families, our relationships, ourselves, none of it's perfect. So don't create an expectation that it's going to be. It's okay. You know, allow and accept, work to be the best you can, but don't get hung up on it. And don't take other people's bullshit as personal because they're fighting their own battle and there's things going on with them and you got to be confident in who you are and just live out your own life. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know if you guys see, I'm, I'm literally taking notes and I'm like, I'm going to 
like all of this, I'm putting all of this on whiteboards around my house now. That's what's going down. Um, yeah, sure. no, I love that. So I do, I want to hear about Titan University. Um, I want to hear how the idea was created. Um, I kind of, I mean, you guys, yeah, can you guys just give us an idea? Like, what is it if someone hadn't heard of it before? Titan University is an opportunity for people of the tight end position to come and get together. And um, while there have been like other, there's like the O-line mastermind and other things where people come and get together. Um, what we started seeing, especially around, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but my experience was like around George building his career up and then like contract negotiations and all these different things. It was like player versus player and like position play, like tight end versus tight end. And the amazing thing, which probably crediting you, um, that George has always been able to do is to see that it's not ever George versus the other tight ends. Um, and that everyone, you know, when one of them does well, the others only do better, you know? And so to really just continue to raise the bar and to be a unified position in a community in that sense. And so tight end you was an opportunity and kind of this idea and vision for everyone to come together and learn from each other and also to build relationships and have those conversations and the understanding of that. Um, within that, we did a lot of, I mean, a lot of football talk, a lot of theory. There was a lot of conversations that I sat in on that I didn't understand, which you can go into, <laughs> but we also did yoga and meditation and we ran routes and it was so cool to watch like Greg Olson out there coaching up all these newer tight ends. And um, yeah, it was, it was really special. So. Yeah. yeah. I think she really captured the essence of it. I mean, George has that, I mean, you know, the better everybody is. So every time a tight end gets a higher paid contract, it, it lifts the bar for everybody. So that's kind of the standard. Cause really in the, I mean, nothing against, I love Gronk, but Gronk kind of sold everybody out when he was with the Patriots. Cause he took a low Belichick deal to try to save the team and all that kind of stuff. But he was kind of the standard marker for tight ends. And that was what the salary got stuck at for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's not about that. And so George isn't against Mark Andrews. He's not against Travis, you know, every time a tight end performs at the highest level and wins a game for their team, it increases the value of the tight end position. And so that's kind of just a different philosophy, I think, than maybe I mean, what they've had. And even now, like there have been some organizations that we've talked to that have been like, well, this is the contract that you're going to get offered because you're a tight end. And it's like, what? It, it just seems so weird with the value that, I mean, obviously we believe George provides a lot of value, but like the value that these positions are bringing and how it's still just considered like a not very like in the marketing world you know yeah certain it's companies not a very special position still they've got it slotted and so well tight ends only get this much for this kind yeah. of activity and you're like yeah but you're paying a rookie wide receiver twice that and they've never caught a ball you know and the flexibility of what you know like when i watch a 49ers game and i see how they use george or i watch a chiefs game and i see how they're using travis kelsey it's like Dude, they have so much flexibility in that position. You're a blocker. You can uh, get the ball handed off like a sweep. You can go out for passes. Like there's so much you can do in that. Yeah, which means basically you have to know what, what at least most of the interior line is doing. You have to know what all the wide receivers are doing. You know, so you got to be able to read coverages. You got to be able to run block. You got to do all those kind of things then. And it'll come out of the backfield probably three to five snaps a game. And so you got to really understand the fullback position, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, so tight end you was that vision. Um, and we did it where I was coaching high school ball at Scum Academy and they were great hosts. Uh, and so we had about 50 uh, tight ends, NFL tight ends come in. And uh, so we kind of had just, we had a little workshop format. Then we'd go out and practice some stuff. 
some circle groups broke into smaller things and had an opportunity just, you know, asking them to share things about whether it was contract negotiations or lessons learned. And so we really tapped into veterans uh, talking to younger players and that kind of stuff. And so had some great social events. Nashville's great for that. And uh, we had great sponsors. We did a youth event. Uh, we brought in um, like 50 kids out of the Nashville Boys and Girls Clubs. Uh, Bridgestone sponsored that. And we did just kind of a little mini camp, two or three hour deal. And kids got to catch the ball and throw it and run around and stuff. And so that was really cool too. So we raised money and donated uh, to the different foundations and that kind of stuff. So it was a pretty cool event. So we're in planning now. It's going to, this year is going to be at Vanderbilt just because we're going to, uh, we're expecting somewhere between 75 and hundred NFL tight ends. Uh, so that's really that's good. That's so cool. If folks are following Hidden Pearls, we will have Casey Stengel on, who is the DFO. So kind of following Director last, of Football Operations. So last year we did some stuff on women in sports. And so that kind of, you know, it's kind of a kick, you know, we want to stay with that, just on, you know, honor and respect that. Uh, and then also she, we're going to talk a little bit about Vandy, what they offer, and then their preparations to work with us on tight end use. So that should be coming out here shortly in the next three weeks. Oh, that's uh, cool. Excited about that. So Vandy's been great so far. We're really excited about that. Our partners with Rubicon Marketing, uh, they're kind of helping with all the sponsors and organizations. So we've got some great Levi's is helping. So we, I can't remember them all, but anyway, so don't slide anybody. But uh, anyway, so we've got Charmin. Yeah. Charmin loves tight ends. Oh, this Charmin. <laughs> the this classic. That just adds up. <laughs> Charmin bears showed up. So there's, is it a red one and a blue one? And they're in these furry suits. So last year they're out on the it's turf so hot. and it was like hundred degrees <laughs> on the turf. And I'm like swearing humid. The red bear almost fainted. Like he was like, <laughs> he's like dancing, like trying to catch stuff so and like we got, there and take photos. And all of a sudden he's like really leaning. Oh like, no. oh so we took him in the air conditioned the, into the indoor and he said, now he took the thing off. He's just drenched. <laughs> teaching him about hydration oh and gosh. electrolytes. Yeah. yeah. So the little bears, but so all the end zones were made up of toilet paper rolls for the sponsors. Anyway, but anyway. Well, and like the afterwards, because they just had, I mean, they built up like toilet paper towers and then afterwards they were all left. And so we had toilet paper for like done entire year. Yeah. Perfect. So much. We had a tower in our garage. Yep, There's so. the secret benefit of this whole thing there. there uh, so anyway, so uh, yeah, very excited about all that. And it should be, uh, yeah. So anyway, so we've got a good group coming in. We're, I think we're more organized than we were the last time around and kind of getting all those things lined up. So it uh, should be a really fun, you know, two, three days. They come in on a Wednesday night. They're there Thursday and Friday. And a lot of guys take off Friday and then they'll do a little golf thing on Saturday for the guys who want to stay. Nice. But anyway, so really neat social event and raise some money for some foundation and learn a little bit about football. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing that I find interesting. And I brought it up, my leadership class, we do uh every so often we'll do lessons about the seven habits of highly effective people for my seventh grade leadership class uh and one of the habits is think win-win and uh i brought up tight end university because i was talking about or we were discussing the abundance mindset and i just you know i think it's so interesting like you it seems like this whole thing is shifting this paradigm in like a really competitive community you know like football players when you think of competitive people you think of like football players or like athletes you know yeah. yeah exactly and the fact that they're getting together they're all from different teams and them together they're gonna go farther than they would alone is just like a beautiful a beautiful thing and i think all it takes is someone to come along to create this and then realize like hey we can do 
this thing in a different way. And then other people are like, oh, wow, I didn't know you could do it that way. Now everyone would jump on board, you know? I just think that's amazing. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, I mean, and that's really it. So, I mean, it's a belief, like, I guess if it's a piece of pie, the more people you bring to feed, you think the slices get smaller. And so you have to take the biggest cut you can get. Or do you think as you bring more people and more energy and more skills and more resources and more love, does the pie just get bigger? More ingredients, bigger pies. Yeah. More people knowing how to make pies. Yeah. And so it's just, you know, it really is that different kind of thing. And so if you believe that it's a limited scarcity world, then you're going to cut and grab the biggest chunk you can get because you have to protect yourself versus you're not going to worry about that stuff. It is a win-win. And in fact, you know, and that's, you know, the other mindfulness theory is, you know, separation is an illusion, right? I mean, and I know that's a concept that boggles people's minds, but, you know, we really are all connected. And so to the extent that one of my fellow beings is suffering, really in the long run, I'm suffering. And I know that disconnect, we've created that because we don't want to see it. We turn off the TV, we don't walk down certain neighborhoods or whatever it is and all that. So, you know, creating this notion of unity and that the, you know, the water will raise for everybody. And I think the thing about that is you just have to make sure you're looking over the edge of the boat, making sure that there are no people left behind because there certainly are. But anyway, so, but that it is a different attitude and rather than a world of scarcity versus a world of abundance and that the more we create, the more there is for everybody. And the idea is to create and share and lift up. That's amazing. That's a beautiful, I'm going to take that clip, show it to the seventh graders. I feel like it was trying to explain an, an abundance mindset. Um, it's hard. It was hard for seventh graders to understand, you know, like being 13 and being more egocentric at that age. You know, I'm trying to teach them like, hey, like when it's concepts like success or, or love, like there's enough to go around, you know? Yeah, well, and, you know, I don't know what the I don't think uh, Stephen Covey is it right? The seven traits. Yeah. I don't think he had a meditation section in there, but he like, needs eight habits. <laughs> well, I just, you know, I think about education, you know, and we memorize mathematical tables and we learn pronouns and nouns and verbs and, you know, it's all kind of cool stuff. And I mean, it helps us with the world, but like, why aren't we teaching meditation, mindfulness, that thoughts are just thoughts, emotions, just emotions, you, you know, the power of choice, you know, and we've talked about yeah, that, right? Yeah. Like, you know, between stimulus and response, you have that space. And you can choose who you want to be to show up in that moment. And, you know, if we would release people from the bondage of just being caught up in their minds and emotions and help them make the choices and actually spend time, like, who do you want to be? What values do you care about? Does honesty matter? Does trustworthiness matter? Does honor and loyalty? And then you have a moment where you can choose to be that person or not. Life is not just rolling over you. You know, you can stand up and be who you choose to be. And, you know, if, if we had kids that knew breath work and could calm themselves, get centered, get grounded, and then make a choice in that moment not to punch somebody in the face. Yeah. You know what I mean? And teach them about maybe healthy masculinity and what strong and powerful women look like, you know, in a healthy way that builds unity and community. I mean, I just feel like, you know, we could spend a lot more time on that than, you know, whatever. Well, and yeah. what's the New York Times article that you just read about like just the mental health crisis in oh. teens and the youth now is, especially like coming out of COVID and then with social media, yep. I mean, it's terrifying. Oh, the opiate and the, all that. And like we've done several shows with Swiss, national suicide prevention organizations. And we've just, you know, we have members of the Niners, they have family members who committed suicide. 
we know veterans who've had either family and or others commit suicide. We, and honestly, on that MDP show, because I, I sit in on one of the weekly meetings, we had a guy last weekend and ended up had to call people and he was there to tell his story, but like he had a bottle in his hand and was ready to go. And so the reality of that, and then I think about the youth and the transition and living in a Zoom world, not having connection, and their only reality really is digital and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I really feel for that. And then just the opiate condition that through our nation and our reliance on that. So anyway, we had a lot of work. And so maybe we can all breathe more, do a little bit of yoga and talk to each other. Do you feel, yeah. So I feel like the idea of like these small acts that we, we can do these small individual acts can add up over time. And you guys are bringing that to the world and you're bringing this, this kind of like, you know, like you guys talk about, you know, mindfulness, like I think that brings it to the world. Cause if you're truly mindful in a moment, you're probably not going to treat anybody with negativity. I don't, at least I don't think, I don't know. Well, if one of your values is love and kindness, right? Yeah. I mean, like every time I call our internet provider, it's an opportunity for me to practice mindfulness. Cause like, you know, you're on hold forever. They never really take care of it. The internet sucks. And you kind of want to, that person just got a job and they probably got two kids and the car broke down and what, you know, it's like, okay, I can, if I can be kind in those moments, like, so it's just like, you know, appreciating that. And you know, it's that thing too about, like life continually repeats the experiences we need in order to learn some lesson. And so like, if I keep having whatever, I'm either projecting the wrong energy or I haven't learned the lesson. Yeah. And so like, what thoughts am I generating that is creating this reality for me? Because those thoughts are the veil that I see the world through. So how do I need to change my thoughts or my beliefs in a way that will open up those doors and I can learn this lesson. I can step over to the next stage. Well, and I think that's like tying back to the open windows concept that we started with. Exactly. Like the way that I kind of see those windows are they're like karmic lessons. Right. And like when you have to learn the same lesson over and over and you're like, Oh my gosh, I keep going through this. Oh my gosh, this just keeps happening. It's like, I feel like people are in those windows then. And that's the lesson. It's like the test Right. And I mean, Joseph Campbell's the hero's journey, or, I mean, seeing that within yourself and being able to own it, like this is a quest or this is a task and like not minimizing how big these things are, but like overcoming these obstacles. And like, I mean, for us, we watched Lord of the Rings and the matrix. And I mean, just really like quest heavy, like we're going to go slay a dragon type things. And I think now, like the older I get, I see those big things that, I, you know, I make it in my head that I get really intimidated by or scared by. It's like, I just have to go through them. Right. And it's not something that it doesn't mean that I can't have what I want. It's like these tests and these obstacles to get me there. And so when you think about these windows or these windows of opportunities, like I feel like people see them and they're like, oh, a window's open, like only in a good, only in the good light, right. Or only in a positive situation, but the windows can be there in the bad situations also. And those are the windows where you have to really be present. And I think that's like the most important time to practice mindfulness is in those moments when you're feeling really down or like you're in those caves, because that's when nobody else is going to come and get you. And you have to figure out how to get out of them. Right. Ryan holiday, right. Stoicism. I don't know if you follow him at all, but Mm -hmm. so, I mean, his one book is the obstacle is the way. And so those things in your life, which you are pushing away from and resisting, those are the things you need to lean into and embrace. So if it's a neighbor who you think is a pain in the ass, I mean, I don't know what it is, but like, it, and over time, that is certainly true. And the thing about it is, 
if you walk away and you kind of put it under the rug, it's going to, it will resurface. It doesn't go away. It will always yeah. come back. <laughs> so you're really, you're choosing, I'm either going to deal with it now with an open heart and an open mind, or it's going to implode on me at some point down the road because I didn't deal with it. So, I mean, I think that's really true. And I think I really love that point. Like the open windows concept, we, we should view those challenges in the same way. This is an opportunity. Like if I'm being mindful of, before I enter into that situation, I'll try to say, okay, what is the lesson here? Mm-hmm. What, what am I, this whole thing and believing that life happens for us and not to us. So if life is happening for me, then what, what is this experience about? Right. And then it goes back to the whole Jurassic park thing of like feeling really tiny. And it's like, all of these lessons are just opportunities for me to grow and show up in. And so it's like, is it really have to be as big and as scary or like, does it have to be like, Oh my gosh, if I like, does it really matter? Oh my gosh. If I don't like pass this test and like I get cut out of this social group or like, I don't show up this way on social media or, you know, I don't perform a certain way. Like, is it really the end of the world? No. You know what I mean? Like you're still going to keep going and you're still going to be there. And I think those really hard situations, like the hard, the more situations that I go through, the older that I get, the more shitty situations you go through. Right. And that's an unfortunate thing about life, but it is true. (laughs) It is, but it's like, they get less shitty, the more. Yeah mindful and aware you can be within them because it's more about just being present and like seeing, okay, why am, why is this happening to me? Like, what, what am I doing? And I think the other cool thing is like, once you can start to own it. And I know that was a really big shift in my life. Like when the same type of things kept hurting me over and over and over. And finally I was like, okay, Emma, like, how am I doing this to myself? Then I took control of it. And then I could consciously make the decision to change. That's amazing. You guys are absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for giving me an hour of your time. Uh, anything to to kind of wrap up any like, I, I know I wrote down like power of stories. Is there any like stories you just mentioned Lord of the Rings, anything like that that's really connected with you guys lately? Bruce, Miley Cyrus, obviously listen to one of your mindful Mondays. I think one thing like, so in the, so we've been going through Bruce's whole the four, so there's the four steps of knowing the self. And then there's the four steps of performance planning, which stay tuned. We're going to talk about those on Hidden Pearls Podcast. Um, but we've been going through that. And the one thing that we keep coming back to is we think it's so like the big stories, you know, of, you know, and like George's story is epic and awesome and the things that he's overcome. But the other things that have made us have made like huge impacts on us are like, how are more regular people dealing with everyday life and showing up in situations that don't seem so big and shiny and glamorous and how are they getting through those moments and staying really present and finding joy in their life and so what we keep coming back to is like this storytelling is self-discovery through storytelling and then we're you know the romantic optimist of storytelling to change the world because if you can change the energy of one person and inspire one person and be that ripple effect then you can really start to make a difference on the world and on the planet. That's amazing. Awesome. Well, where can people find your podcast? Well, one, you, I just totally, I just talked about the ripple effect last week with my students. So I totally believe that that is my 100% like what I believe deep down in my core is that ripple effect is going to happen. It's going to be positive or negative. <clears throat> if you're sending out positive uh, energy, it's going to just cause a change, whether it's small you know, eventually it'll be big, you know? Um, but anyways, 
where can people find your podcast? I love it. I'm a huge fan. Wait, hey, I just want to, one thing on the mindfulness track, I just want to encourage whoever's listening is mindfulness stands for the concept of developing awareness around being able to focus or the understanding the object of your focus, you know, whatever it is your mind is concentrating on, but doing so and holding space for that with love and without judgment. And so I just like, so as we develop awareness, you know, meditation is not an escape hatch. It's how to hold space and lean into the difficult parts of your life. But I just want like, I think our world is so judgmental. You know, we're critical of everybody and everything all the time. And the worst is that we treat ourselves for the most part worse than we would ever treat a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a neighbor, a friend. And so I just want to encourage folks, like, as you work to own your own, whatever, your business, your stuff, your shit, whatever, like, do so in love and without judgment. Because here's the thing, the story is not over. You have the power to change your story and to write your story in any way you want. So if it's not what you want, then that's the great thing about it. But just do it with less judgment and don't be critical and don't get stuck. You're not done. So remember, small, consistent steps all taken in the same direction lead to amazing results. So we are all in control of the ability to change our lives. It may not be perfect, like I said, but you can take those steps. And so, and reach out. The other thing is about community and connection. You're not alone in this. So like we have a email, you can email us like, but you're not alone. If you get into trouble, we don't have any real answers, but we can refer you to people and try to do it. So just gosh, reach out. It's okay not to be quite okay. Cause we're all not okay. And that's why we're all here. So anyway, so hidden for podcast, go Emmy. Um, we're actually in the process of redoing our website. So there's going to be a new website launch soon. So pretty excited about that. So I would direct you um, in the process of our rebuild to go to our Instagram is hidden pearls podcast. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Instagram is probably the best way. Or if you want to send us an email, you have info at thunderbirdperformance.com. Um, but yeah, just however, whatever feels good. Um, we try to post a mindful Monday every Monday, which have been coming out on Tuesday lately. So this mindful week, Tuesdays. This week was Wednesday. I know I got, <laughs> we're in the process of moving a house. And all that stuff, so but yeah. either way, just little reminders of, you know, Bruceisms to carry with you throughout the day. Man. I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much. Seriously, you're both amazing. And I've learned so much from you. So uh, please keep it up. Hey, right. and congratulations, 299, man. That's Woo. pretty cool. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, enjoy your time away. And that'll be really great. Thank you. Love you, brother. Take care. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I love it too, guys. See ya. All right. That wraps up this week's show. A uh, huge thanks to Bruce and Emma for coming on, uh, sharing some of their ideas, sharing uh, time with me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always make, uh, like an outline of the podcast, um, of things like concepts. I'd like to talk to the person about every week. And, and then as people are talking, like I'll be re writing down notes and, and things like that sometimes to kind of like, if they say something like, Ooh, I want to come back to that. Like I'll just jot something down. And this one, there is so many, like just cool, sayings and quotes and and all of that that I'm like whoa that's like uh, just the three things they talked about where nothing's permanent nothing's perfect and nothing's personal I'm like dude that needs to go on like the whiteboard right now like in my office or up in that might actually go up in my classroom 
that's where that's at. <laughs> I'm like, is that the levels? It's like whiteboard in my office and then level up is in Mr. Ward's classroom for all the kids to read. Uh, yeah, I might totally write that up. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, they're just, they're just an absolute joy to talk about. I highly suggest checking out Hidden Pearls podcast. Um, there's something for everyone. So uh, if you're football fans, you're going to love it um, during the season. Um, but if you're just a fan of really awesome, like driven people, uh, like kind of picking the brains of high level performers that's on there, but then also, uh, you know, they have the mindful Mondays, uh, where you can just kind of meditate. Uh, they have all sorts of really interesting stuff. So check that out. Um, and that'll wrap episode 299. Uh, really excited, really excited to, for episode 300. Um, hopefully that'll be out next week. It might be the week after we're going to find out. Um, it's just, it's been a journey, you know, like if you look back, you're like, wow, this is, this is wild. It's a wild journey. It's opened a lot of speaking of open windows. Like it's opened a lot of windows for me. Uh, and I'm proud of it. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Like I'm proud of the podcast. I'm proud of um, the the conversations and the stories and the adventures uh, I've been able to share with all of you. Uh, I'm proud of the like having a space where like really interesting people can come on and share really interesting stories or really interesting ideas. Uh, it's, it's awesome. Like I think, but I think to my personal core values and one of them is just spreading goodness and, and I'm, I'm really happy that I feel like I've been able to do that, you know? Um, and when you think about small steps taken in a positive direction lead to big results, um, even those small acts of goodness are spreading inspiration or, you know, uh, maybe an idea that someone hadn't thought of before. I think those small things can ripple out into the world and, and spread positivity. And ultimately I feel like that's my reason for being here. Uh, when I think about what I want to accomplish in life, in all areas of my life, I think spreading goodness would kind of be a great umbrella for all those areas. Uh, some days more successful at it than others for sure. Um, but definitely something I strive for. So, uh, if this is your first episode of the show, thank you so much for listening. If this is your 299th episode, (laughs) uh, thank you. Thank you for jumping on the journey with us. It's been incredible. Um, so what's going to happen is next week's episode 300. And then after that, um, we're going to do a few months where I'm going to replay some old episodes uh, as I head out and enjoy my own adventures uh, with my kids over the summer. Um, I just wanted to kind of have a lot of freedom and flexibility this summer to uh, to be able to just kind of chase chase whimsy right like (laughs) if I wake up and it's a beautiful day um and my kids are in the mood to go like 
stand up paddleboarding or head up into the mountains and look for elk or anything like that. Like I want to be able to do that. And I, I don't really want to have a lot of things on the schedule. Um, and I think back to this year, um, putting, uh, our film together, which I'll hopefully have more information. And as I do some replays, I can always pop in and do the intro and stuff. Uh, but, but as we spent the year, we filmed it last summer and then this year's all been, you know, writing it, editing it, like figuring out how to tell the story. Uh, it's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of those small steps. Like every day I would make sure I played a part, um, in getting it done and I would make sure I was able to do something, whatever that something is. Uh, maybe that was talking to our editor, Josh. Maybe it was talking to Paul. Um, but maybe it was like writing a scene or listening to an interview or breaking down the footage. Like it's just been a lot of focus. And I think for me, it would be beneficial to just kind of... Uh, kind of just take a break and from any project uh to go out and actually like go out and do the adventures that I love so much <laughs> you know um so we'll talk about that next week I'm sure on the podcast a little bit more um but I have a whole bunch of some of the earlier episodes some of my personal favorite episodes I have a whole bunch of those that I'm going to put out as like a re-release um and I'll probably jump in and and do the intro still, uh, which will be really fun, actually. I'm super excited for that. Um, so, so yeah. But anyways, uh, hope you all have a wonderful week. Um, hope you learned a lot from Bruce and Emma. Check out their podcast, Hidden Pearls. Um, and yeah, that wraps it up. We'll talk to you later.